So last week, if I remember right, we kind of wrapped up chapter 7 and eased on over into chapter 8. And if you remember, we kind of kicked off um, how it was talking a little, about, a little bit about respect and authority, right? If you remember, um, we talked a little bit about the king. And, um, of course, we don't bow down, of course, to a king or we don't, or we don't, I shouldn't say bow down, but we don't, uh, our authority today, there's not kings, so to speak, but we still have authority, right? There's still a government that rules the nation, and we still have to obey that. We still have to abide by that and live by the laws of the land. Um, You know, we talked about how, you know, what what were some of the examples of that? You know, what was some of the ways that we have to obey things today. And we talked about, you know, we pledge allegiance to this country, you know, to this land that we live in. And um, we talked about how even just getting up, going to work in the morning, you know, that oath and that pledge that you have with your employer, you know, they're, they're paying you good money to do what you do. So they expect you to be honest and loyal and do what's right. And, you know, in return you get, you know, benefits, paycheck or whatever. So, we did talk a little bit about a, an oath and the pledge that we make. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just trying to look through here real quick. I didn't want to spend too much time on what we talked about, but just kind of catch everybody up to speed on where we ended up on Chapter 8 last week. Um, but then you, if you remember, yeah, we're to obey the laws of the land, and, and they can be tough, right? They can be you know, some of the things that we're asked to do or some of the things we're asked to believe in or depending on who you talk to and the different issues that people will press on you. But as Christians, um, we got to do what's right. You know, the law may say one thing, and yes, we're to obey the law. And I think you know what I'm talking about. But if there's something that goes against God, that goes directly against the Bible, that's the way we should address those situations. Uh, just because our government says something is okay, don't make it okay. You know, that's man. Man made those laws and those rules. We're going to follow God. You know, we're always going to do what's right in the eyes of God. Um, so that that was an exception that we talked about last week. And, you know, we could give several examples, but I think we all here are grown adults and know what I'm talking about. Um, so there are always those exceptions in those areas that we got to do what's right in the eyes of God instead of the eyes of man. And then we talked a little bit, too, I guess you could call it like the green grass syndrome, too, right? Um, how people, you know, we live our lives and, you know, obeying this and that, and people get mad and do whatever, and they think, well, you know, I'll go elsewhere, or I'll do this, or I'll do... I've done that at work. I don't know if y'all have. I think I may even start this class off with that. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, how I took a job, I got so burned out of my old job and the, the management and the company and the way we were going and blah, 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 blah. So I went to a new company expecting all this, all that to go away and everything to be beautiful and perfect. And guess what? It's the same thing. It's just a different name on the building on the front. You still got the same, you know, boss people that's going to have their attitudes. You still got to do that. You got to do this. You got to put up with, 
office politics. I mean, it's the same thing no matter where you go. It's just called something different. So it's easy to get caught up in that, though, right? What, you know, we talked a little bit about that, too, as far as Christians. Can Christians today get caught up into that as far as the church? Sure, easily. It's so easy to do. Um, you know, it, it's things happen, things get said, you know, whatever. And it can be the same same way with the church. Um, but, you know, that's where we got to stick in there and do what we do and fight and keep moving forward. And I was telling somebody the other day, you know, when we step foot in this building and we're together, together as a family in the church, that should be a time to where we should be say anything, talk about anything, support one another. I mean, we're a family. And if we can't do that here inside this building together as a church, you know, it's going to be tough. Think about how it is outside these walls when you get back out into the world, how tough it is. So we need to use the church and the people, you know, the people of the church as our support group, so to speak. You know, don't be scared to ask somebody something. Don't be scared to put your guard down a little bit and tell them a little something about you thinking they're going to judge you. You know, that shouldn't happen here. You know, we should all be one happy family and work together and help each other out and get through those tough times. It's hard to help somebody through a tough time if you don't know they're going through a tough time. But then on the flip side, don't get mad at somebody when they don't help you go through a tough time when they don't even know you're going through a tough time. I don't know if anybody's ever gone through that before. You know, it happens, okay? So, all right. <clears throat> Enough of that. Let's go ahead and, I think I stopped at, at verse 4, Mike. Does that sound right? It was somewhere, I kind of put a little tick mark on my paper here, verse 4. So verse 4 says, Where the word of God is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. We talked about the king you know, in his decisions, and let's face it, the king has privileges, you know, the king is the king, and what he says, says, and you know, what he says goes, because um, he's the king, right, and he has the power, ain't much arguing with that, uh, verse 5 says, actually, I'm going to read 5 through 7, he who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Because, because for every matter there is a time and judgment, though the misery of man increases greatly. For he does not know what will happen, so who can tell him when it will occur? So the wise person, you know, what he's saying here, the wise person, you know, you always heard there's always a time and a place for everything. There's always the right time to do something, the wrong time to do something. You know, basically, in a nutshell, he's saying, you know, the wise person, if you're wise, you're going to know the right time to act, you know, because there is a right time for every action. There's a right and wrong time for every action. Um, but at the same time, we can't really predict 100% the right time because why? We're never going to predict and know exactly what's going to happen especially in the future, right? Because we're not God. We can't know all that. You know, we can only go off what we know and, and the knowledge that we have. So nobody but God knows the future, obviously. Uh, and not only are we to obey human authority because said 
because God said to do it. But don't it make life a whole lot easier if you do it as well? And that's kind of some of the things he's saying here. What do I mean by how, do, how does obeying the government or the laws of the land make things easier for us? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And that's what would be some examples of that, like in today's time, how would that kind of apply that to just anything? There you go. <laughs> you're going to go to jail and you're going to have some hard times. Or I was thinking, too, if the speed limit says 55 and you do 75, you're going to get a ticket. But guess what, Flo, if you do 55, you're going to pass by the police and you're going to wave and he's going to wave and life's going to be good. So obeying the laws of the land can make, like Jim said, our lives a whole lot easier if we just obey instead of trying to go against it or thinking we know better or whatever. And like Jim said, even under the sun thinking for man here on this earth, aside from God, your life's still going to be easier on this earth if you, you know, obey, obey the government. So good point. Can somebody look up for me Romans 13 real quick? I just kind of wanted to touch on that before we got too far away from it. And I had a couple other examples too, Jim, the way you were, what we were just talking about is going back to like, you know, working somewhere and your boss, if you're doing your job and you're doing the best you can, you ain't worried about your boss watching you or looking, seeing what you're doing because you know you're doing what's right. You know, you're not even worried about it. So Romans 13, one through seven, if somebody can read that for us. Okay, thank you, Beverly. I didn't want to get too too tied up into that, but just wanted to kind of give a little snippet or a little verse to go along with kind of the, the laws of the land and, you know, doing the right thing with the right people and as we're supposed to, just like they did back then, we're still bound to those same things today. Beverly? Sure. And I honestly, I couldn't imagine not living like that, to be honest with you. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I... I would be that guy that was constantly looking over his shoulder. I'd be a wreck. I'd be a mess. If I was a criminal or broke the law or whatever, I would not do good with that. You know, I don't, I don't want to be that guy that's always looking over his shoulder waiting for somebody to, you know, pull me over or catch me or lock me up or something like that. So, yeah, you're right. If you just do what's right and you know what's right, you do have a good peace about it, and you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and I think the one thing that to go along with that and the thing that's causing a lot of that is that whole one nation under God. We're trying to take God out of everything. And guess what? We take God out of everything. Do you not think he may pull back from us just a little bit? I mean, come on, you know, Jim? Which brings up interesting. That's right. Yeah, Christians and non-Christians today, we still have to pay taxes and obey the law. Good point. Let's go ahead and I'll jump down. If somebody could look up John 3, 8 and kind of be ready with that in just a minute. And it, it's just not really no biggie. I just, I noticed when I was reading the scripture, verse 8 says, no one has power over the over the spirit to retain the spirit. And Jim, what would be another word in that place for wind? Yeah, that's kind of what I was wanting to pick out of there. And I, I just, if you think about it, but it says no one has power over the wind or the spirit to retain the spirit. 
and no one has power in the day of death. There is no release from what from that war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are giving to it. Um, and going along with that, kind of that wind and and spirit kind of thing. If you think, who's got John three eight first? If they want to read that, yeah, John three eight. Okay. So a lot of times, like Jim mentioned, it'll, it'll kind of reference both. One thing may say, and if you look at your trans, I got the New King James, and it says spirit. Some of them may say wind. I don't, I'm sure they do, but I think it's kind of interesting if you think about it, the spirit and the wind, and I think we've talked about this before. You know, you can see the effects from both, right? But you can't physically see like the wind blowing, you know it's blowing because you look at the trees and you see the damage it does. So you see the effects of it, and you know it's working, but you can't see it. But it's just like the Spirit today. You know it's working, and you know it's moving, and you know it's doing things, but you can't physically, you might not be able to physically see the Spirit like you can't physically see the wind, but you see the effects of it. So I thought that was kind of, Interesting when I was studying it and reading that, how they would interchange wind and spirit in there. And I don't know if I did a justice the way I explained it, if, if you want to add to it. <laughs> so I think that's pretty cool. So I just wanted to kind of bring that out in that for what it was worth. You can see what it's done. You can see the results. Yep. Yep, so that's kind of, yep, and I was going to talk about that. So... No one has power over the day of death. So it's kind of like we don't like the wind blowing. We can't control that. Like, you know, we've all gone to the beach hoping for a sunny beach trip and you get there and it's storming and raining and whatever. Oh, well, you know, we can't control that. So just like um, the day of our death, we have no control over that. You know, we have no control. Now, some people make and, you know, there's always the, what if situations, but for the most part, unless you do it yourself, you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know when death is going to come, and you can't control that. You know, that's just totally out of our control. That's God knows, you know, and he, he's got full control. So uh, it's kind of the same thing with the wind and the spirit blowing. You know it's there, and you know it's going to happen, but you just don't know when because we can't control it. it. You know, it's out of our control. <clears throat> Good point, though, Barbara. Anything else? And then he kind of goes over in verse 9. It says, All this I have seen and applied my heart to every work that is done under the sun. There is a time in which one man rules over another uh, to his own hurt. So he's saying, All this I have seen and I've applied it to every work you know, that's done under the sun. But then he says, There is a time in which one man rules over another to his own hurt. What do you think that means? So, yeah, and I, and I read that both ways too, Jim. It could be, you know, and we've all seen that. It gives, and certain people too, um, you give them a little bit of authority or a little bit of power, and some people just don't know how to deal with it or handle it, and they'll abuse it. And they can end up hurting others, and they can end up hurting themselves, you know. If you don't use it in the right way, you can definitely hurt the person you're dealing with, but then in effect, that can come back around, like Jim said, and hurt yourself as well, you know, at the same time. Janice? Yeah. Or if you, you know, discipline them too hard and then they're not able to make their bed and stuff, then you've hurt yourself because then you got to make the bed. So say you can, there's extremes to, 
to both of them. Sometimes you got to lie in your, your own bed or in their bed. So you got to lie, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it too, Roger, especially if you're the one working for him and you don't agree with him or you confront him on something or don't agree with it, I'll show him. You know, you'll do it and then some, or you go do, you know, and they'll they'll abuse that authority. You're right, Roger. People still do it today, unfortunately. They probably always will. Good point. Anything else? All right, let's go on to verse 10. It says, Then I saw the wicked buried. Then I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of holiness, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This also is vanity. Now, wait a minute. That, that, to, you know, read that and tell me what you think, because at first it don't make sense, right? He's calling them wicked at the beginning of the verse, right? But then they've gone from the place of holiness. So how, what do you think they're talking about here? How does that work? Okay, went from Christians to falling away, or, okay, and what else? Yeah, or, you know, I, and I, and the way, you know, when I read it and thought about it too, it could almost be a guy that's just going through the motions. You know, you got a guy here that's going to the temple, going to, to worship, so to speak. But inside, he wasn't worshiping, not a true worship to God. He could have been going in and out of the doors, doing, going through the motions, look at me, yeah, I showed up, you know, whatever. But then at the end, when, you know, his life was over, you know, the tale was told. You know, maybe he wasn't all that that he thought he was or what he was trying to, to be to other people, you know. It was all a lie, so to speak, or, you know, and in the end, ultimately in the end, Obviously, we're not going to fool anybody. We're definitely not going to fool God. In the end, uh, you know, we're definitely going to get our judgment. Um, and I was reading somewhere, too, I thought was pretty neat when it was talking about um, where they had gone from the place and they were forgotten in the city where they had done so, uh, where the wicked were buried. In Jeremiah 22, it talks about folks like this uh, were buried with the donkey's burial which I thought was kind of interesting, the donkey's burial. He said, it mentioned they would be, just get, dra- you'd get dragged off and thrown out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So basically, if you were that mentality or that kind of wicked person, or you could even say they were a hypocrite, I guess, you know, if that's why you were going to church, your burial was equivalent to a donkey's burial, you know, in the, in the sight of God. So, all righty, let's go on to verse 11. I think this one's pretty neat, too. A lot of this, this verse here, you know, definitely has some good meanings. I feel like you, obviously, for today, too. It says, verse 11, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. What do y'all think that means? Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed. Somebody does something, an evil person does something, and they don't get struck dead like they may have done in the Old Testament. Why, you know, what what does that mean? Does that mean God didn't see it or don't care or or what? But just because they don't get punished immediately, that still don't make it right, right? And that's kind of, you know, that's a good point. But like in, in this verse here, if somebody 
Because, y'all, you know, we all fight and struggle with that. You know, man, this guy over here don't go to church, not even a Christian, and he's so successful and got this and got that, and you just can't explain it a lot of times, you know. But this verse here is saying, you know, yeah, that might be the case, and you just wonder why something bad don't happen to him quickly, you know. It just keeps on going on and on. It seems like he gets richer and richer or whatever and whatever, and nothing ever happens. So man starts thinking in our mind under the sun thinking, okay, well, this ain't too bad. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing then, you know. I ain't got in trouble yet, you know. I must be okay. And then, you know, how we talked about last week, how you start justifying things then. You can justify anything if you think about it and talk about it to yourself long enough. You can just about justify anything. Um, and I, but that's what I think when it says the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly. Therefore, the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. So just because they're not punished immediately, they assume things are okay. Or it must not be that bad, or God's a pretty forgiving God, so they just keep doing what they're doing. Janice? Yep, go ahead and address it. Yep, I, I would agree with, you know, with kids and all. It's probably best to, to, to do that immediately. Somebody look up for me too, Second Peter chapter 3. I just kind of wanted to throw this in here too. See if you agree with me. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 9. And think about this, what we just read, you know, how people do bad things and I guess you could say they just keep doing it and keep doing it because they haven't paid any punishment up to that point. So they're thinking, okay, well, this must be okay to do and they just keep doing it, keep doing evil things. Somebody read Second Peter 3, 9. Um, but what I want us to look at is that word long-suffering. What does that mean? What does long-suffering mean? I can tell you what the dictionary says. Patience. There you go. Webster Dictionary said patiently enduring lasting offense or hardship, patiently enduring wrongs. So why is the Lord long-suffering towards us? He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So I kind of think, in my mind, I don't know if you think the same way, you always wonder why this person gets away with so much or his whole life he's done bad, 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 bad. So a piece of me thinks maybe that's God's plan. Maybe God is being long-suffering with this individual, thinking one day, one day, he's going to get it. Somebody's going to teach him. He's going to run into a Christian, and they're going to talk, and whatever, whatever, you know? Hello? Yeah. No, and that's a good point. That reminded me of the class we taught in the teen class a long time ago about careful who you hang out with, your friends. Yeah, do something bad. And get caught and see who's your friend then. You know, they'd rather you do the time or you get in trouble and they're going to run and they're going to leave you there, you know, holding the bag. So, yeah, good point, though. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I, you know, I like that verse, too. And I was thinking this week about our kids, too. It's, it's easy to think about God and the way he loves us. You think, okay, God loves me. This I know because the Bible says so. Uh, but I think about how God loves me like more than my mom or God loves my kids more than I love my kids. And I'm thinking, man, that, that's a lot. You know, you can't even imagine, 
you know, I can't, as a parent, imagine, you know, somebody loving my kids more than me, you know. So to that point, you know, God, he, he's not out to get us or to strike us or whatever. You know, he's our biggest fan wanting us to, to do what's right and to, you know, to succeed and uh, do things on this earth to please him and teach other, you know, do all the things that are good. He's not out to get us like a lot of people uh, claim or want to think. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, kind of goes back to the golden rule, doesn't it? You know, you want people to treat you the same way you treat them as far as long-suffering or whatever is concerned, you know? So, good point. Do we have time to... Yep, we sure do. Let's keep going. I'm going to read 12 through 14 real quick. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, for nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow because he does not fear before God. There is a vanity which occurs on earth that there are just men to whom it happens according to the work of the wicked. Again, there are wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. And I said, this also is vanity. Um, So Solomon here, he's acknowledging that sometimes, you know, just how we've talked about a lot in this class, how justice just doesn't seem right sometimes, or it seems backwards sometimes, right? Um, The righteous receives uh, the wicked punishment, and the wicked receives the righteous reward, I guess you could say, uh, however you want to look at it. You know, it's almost like, you know, a robber robs your house and then trips over a lawnmower on the way to his car to get away, and then he sues you for breaking his leg. I thought about Jeff and that, you know, his uncle getting uh, charged for armed robbery. And if you wasn't here Sunday night to hear that, that was pretty good. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it is, you know, somebody's doing something bad, but then, like I said, they can sue you on the way out the back door. That's not right. He was robbing me or doing something bad, and here you are punishing me, you know, and he's the one that's done something <laughs> bad. So I don't, the unders the sun thinking, it's just hard to grasp and understand. And that's, you know, what we've heard Solomon say over and over, and we're, we're you know, we're here seeing it here too. I don't care how wise you are, how smart you are, how knowledgeable you are, you're never going to figure it all out. It ain't going to all. It ain't going to make a hundred percent understanding uh, to us humans on, under the sun. You know, one day it's all going to make sense, but not not here. Yes. Yep. I can. Yep. You're right. Did y'all hear what Janice said? A lot of times God will help build somebody up and then break them down just to get them to where He wants you to be, which that's a good point. You know. Because I think we've all seen that. When we're high on the hog and up top, we think we're all that and don't need nothing. But when you're down here struggling, it seems like it's funny how you'll go to God in prayer or ask somebody else to pray for you. So, good point. Yes, ma'am. Everything's for a reason. Yep. Yep. And it kind of goes on what they said. If, if something negative happens, well, guess what? get through that and that, and you're, you're going to be stronger because of it and then when you see it again down the road oh I've, I know how to you know been there done that I know how to swerve around and keep going you know so you learn from it good comments
and we're out of time. Whoa, whoa. Thank y'all. Appreciate it.